Hey everybody, I have some really exciting news for you that I'm incredibly happy about. The Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Avengers is hitting the road. Yes, we're going to be live on May 7th at the House of Blues in Chicago, Illinois. May 9th at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, California. May 10th at the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. And on May 16th in my hometown, the Gramercy Theater in New York City, I really, really hope to see you at one of those shows. It is going to be amazing. To get your tickets, just go to politicon.com slash tour. (laughs) Interesting graphic. It's sort of of what the inside of my head looks like. Um, which is why it feels like we're all in a bit of a waking nightmare. Um, the reason I wanted you guys on today, and first of all, hello, and I'm so grateful to both of you. Um, I know it's a busy week. What aren't they all? And, you know, I, I think we all had in mind that we might have an emergency session or two this week to deal with the indictments and what are they and the fallout but it instead, and the reason I think this is, you know, if not an emergency, somewhat urgent is because once again, uh, the entire system has been manipulated by the lie of one man who shouldn't even be allowed on the stage anymore. I, and I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, there there are so many awful consequences to not holding powerful people accountable. And when it comes to uh, our most recent history, one of the things I think that's been that's been most uh, potentially damaging and well has been damaging and and may prove to be fatally so is the fact that by not. indicting sorry by not convicting him in the senate after he'd been impeached twice uh by not shutting down the big lie by not severely punishing not just the people who committed the insurrection but the people who planned it and incited it we have and you know obviously these things didn't happen chronologically you know the the insurrection happened after the election but i think was in part because certain other things were allowed to happen so we have in 2020, 74 million people were allowed to vote for somebody, to express their support for him with their votes because he was allowed to run. He was allowed to run as a normal candidate and thereby they emboldened him. They empowered each other. And we're in a situation now where their, their ideology is, is, is uh, being amplified and metastasizing his lies are being amplified, his influence is being amplified, and here we are again with one lie, the entire media in the United States ground to a halt and nothing happened. Dahlia, am I crazy to think that that is a serious sign of I, dysfunction isn't a strong enough word, but you know where I'm going. I would just say, let's pay attention to two things you just said. Hi, you guys. It's good to see you. Um, one is, this is how they did the Mueller report, right? Is he gets out ahead of it and he does a framing and he's like, no collusion. And then the press is like, whoa, no collusion. There's no such thing as collusion. But okay, by that point, He'd owned the narrative. He'd picked the nomenclature. And we all just were like, okay, I guess we'll report no collusion, right? So this is this is for the playbook. It's to get out ahead of the thing that is going to happen and to diffuse it both by distorting it and to claim center stage, right? So that's one thing. And you're exactly right. The, the, the press for the last week has been doing the shabbiest, 
version of like sports reporting is it going to be funny willis in the like you know in the in the ballroom with the lead pipe or will it be alvin bragg you know in the library with the like no this is not a freaking with the rope and curdle mustard it's not a spectator sport and so i think we've just done and then we all turn on each other as we do right and then we're like oh this is the wrong one to bring you know uh, alvin bragg sucks we should have waited for jack you know so so this is how we play it and it's consumed, you're quite right, the, the bulk of the conversation. So that's one thing that you said that I think is really important is we just fall for the same pantsing over and over and over again. And we do it yeah. en masse, right? Yeah. That's one. Here's the other thing, and I will not belabor this. The stuff we don't cover when we're standing watching them put up fencing in Manhattan in the event that something might happen is actually the demise of democracy, right? It really is things that are happening on state levels, state Supreme Court races, you know, disempowering governors from, from having veto power, saying that you can't bring ballot initiatives by, you know, in, in states that used to be, like that is actually the end of democracy and we're watching them put up fencing. So those two things I think are quite worrying in tandem. And you know, you know what, Talia, it's it's also like if if for some bizarre reason your criterion for something that's newsworthy is something that includes Donald Trump, there's also stuff going on that is about him that is also potentially important. And I'm thinking of the revelations in D.C. about the, the I mean, what happened that was that was literally unheard of, I think, that the, the crime fraud exception was pierced and like there was this flurry of briefs that were one was demanded at midnight. The the rebuttal oh, was demanded yeah. at 6 a.m. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have um, all sorts of other developments, uh, you, you know, except, of course, um, in Georgia, we still we're still learning that imminent does not mean what we think it means. But that's, you know, what are you going to do? But you're right. There is so much going on in the country. This Wisconsin State Supreme Court race is in less than two weeks. That may be the most important race of the last two years. Um, well, yeah, two years. It's 2023. It is almost April of 2023. Um, and, you know, look, I think, Jen, one of the very tricky things here is because thanks to... Uh, as Kurt Bardella, our fellow Nerd Avenger, has been hammering on all week in his many unpaid MSNBC uh, appearances and in an LA Times article, the fact that it is beyond absurd at this point to give the Republican Party any benefit of the doubt. They are 100% behind Donald. They do not, they are not looking for an off-ramp. Um, so he's the most powerful person in the Republican Party, he's the de facto leader of the Republican Party that makes him the most one of the most powerful people in the country. We can't ignore him. However, we need to choose when he gets our attention. This week was not that time. So it is a bit of a conundrum. And I'm wondering um, if you think that there is, uh, I don't know, are there some ground rules? I, I, because Otherwise, what happens is he doesn't just take over the narrative. He reinvents it entirely. Yeah, I mean, what you're describing is this kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, the whole if it bleeds, it leads has kind of turned into if there's not something happening today, if it happened yesterday, it's not news. And so, I, you know, what's stunning to me is how little attention is paid to the fact that the Trump organization um, which is the Trump Corporation and the Trump Payroll Corporation, was convicted by a jury in a case brought by Alvin Bragg in December and was this year, like last month or the month before, uh, sentenced to pay $1.6 million. And this company is eponymous. It is the Trump, sorry, Mary, but oh. it is the Donald Trump's your uncle's actual corporation and jen and it's also a person apparently because no people really 
were punished. It was just a corporation. And all well, actual Weisselberg, who uh, who pleaded guilty to these things, um, mm-hmm. is human, and his actual human body is in Rikers Island right now. Yeah. This is huge. Yes. And the fact, I mean, I really wish there instead of focusing on can this dude be a legit candidate for the Republican Party if X, Y, and Z happens? Where in the world are the questions about the fact that this guy who promised he was going, like one thing he promised he was going to do when he became president was not be involved in the corporation. He was flipping signing checks to pay off, to pay back uh, Michael Cohen for paying off Stormy Daniels. What? We were told that he wasn't going to be involved in it. Like there's so much stuff that I just don't know, is it just me or does everybody have the memory of a goldfish in this country? Uh, and no offense is, to goldfish. I mean, well, they're fine creatures, but I would not want them to be, you know, have, you know, running, you know, I don't know, a news, a newsroom. That, that only works if, if you are a football player in Ted Lasso. Okay. We don't want goldfish you're right we do not want gold is this the new season because i i'm no. like a couple seasons behind you're all of the seasons behind if you don't know about the goldfish but for okay. those of you watching us right now who don't <laughs> what is the goldfish thing because i know good. about the shortbread goldfish have a very tiny short-term memory yeah so obviously the whole i thing have is, a short-term memory. if something bad happens be a goldfish just oh, no, forget no, no, it no 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 i get you i get you no i yeah i'm sorry, not Mary. explaining it to you i'm explaining also it by the way since i've di- diverted the conversation a little bit i like the umass amherst uh, sweatshirt yes you know, that's that's I from when uh ave was looking at oh cool that's uh, it's beautiful it's when Ava and i were looking at but, uh, but this is i'm not like i don't i'm really serious this isn't like i i am just astonished that the that this guy you know that that the idea that we're just going to sit away around and wait for more indictments there's been a conviction by a jury right and also that anyone has any doubts um that alvin bragg can't get the job done yeah you know, what an insult yeah i dahlia go ahead no, I just want to, I can, if I can broaden it out for one yep. second, I, I would also say this has become my complaint about the way we cover the Supreme Court, right? That we have like 24 overheated hours of like <gasps> affirmative action. Will they, won't they, you know, sports writing. And then Katanji said, <gasps> and then Alito said, yeah, yeah. five, and then we go dark. And then for two weeks in June, we count noses who won, who got in the best slam. Mm-hmm. And then we walk away. Like, who remembers what happened last yep. term to the EPA at the Supreme Court? Who remembers what happened with school funding at the Supreme Court? And so we just are so obsessed with, I don't even know if it's if it bleeds, it leads. It's like we have this like need to be shocked out of our stupor with what is unerringly bad, um, you know, sports reporting <laughs> about yeah. an event that is of critical importance. And then we just go back on snooze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what's and, and wait, Hang on Sorry, a second. No. Hang on yeah. one second, Jen. Um, you had a great interview, Dahlia, with Michael, whose name I can't pronounce. So if you put a hurt, Podhurser, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Legend. Uh, about that uh, yep. issue, and it, it anybody who's not listening to Amicus is doing it wrong. <laughs> Same thing for booked up, but it's not a little off topic. We'll talk about that later. But this <laughs> this your latest interview was uh, absolutely essential listening in order to understand what you just said and you know the whole it bleeds at least nothing happened no nothing was bleeding i mean there wasn't even it's anticipation of blood like you know okay but (laughs) check your sources there was one source his name was donald trump the most notorious liar in human history and he did it to change the subject to deflect so wait 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 one more reason he made yeah. at least 1.5 million dollars yeah. dude so okay at but least. i want to at least so what dahlia said it's interesting about this the problem with covering this like sports is that sports teams for the most part end up having a um a level a level playing field um in other words the game is over and in theory, I mean, I know some teams have more money and et cetera, but there are rules and the idea is you're competing on a level playing field. No one has moved the goalposts. Um, the rules are the same from year to year to year. 
the problem with treating politics or Supreme Court decisions like that is that it's more it's more like actually a flipping war because the terror, the, 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 the boundaries between, um, you know, when our rights are taken away, we have lost physical um, and spatial autonomy. We just lost Dahlia. Her right, yeah. her right to speak was taken away. God, um, they're they're ruining everything. They're, but but you know if you think about it, you know what it's not. You know when the Shelby County decision came down, it was a huge blow to voting rights. We don't just start where we started at the same fifty yard line, the next season. You know this is this is not a game. This is literally uh, has real consequences on who can show up to vote, who gets counted. Mm-hmm. whose rights are recognized and, and and the rest of it yeah and i i hope dahlia comes back because i wanted to dahlia was it back? something i said i i somehow you know like when you inexplicably lose internet and you just start screaming at your 17 year old and it's totally not his fault <laughs> that's not very nice no Mm-mm. he deserves the benefit of the doubt unlike donald um so your point earlier, Dahlia, well, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. I do think it is important that we have, we try to have some insight into Donald's state of mind, et cetera, et cetera. But only at certain points. And, you know, we, we kind of at this point need to take it as a given that he's just going to get away with shit. And we're just going to have it to leave it to the sociologists and psychologists in the future to figure out what happened and why. But then there is the fact that the wrong angle is taken. Uh, Brian had an interesting piece on perspective, as if perspective can stand in for reality or take the place of reality, right? And there was... um, there was a headline. I didn't read the article because I don't care. But the headline in the Washington Post, I actually I thought it was the New York Times at first. It was so egregiously bad. Was on the trail, freewheeling Donald Trump counters scripted Ron DeSantis as if Donald Trump isn't the greatest traitor to this country that we've ever seen, except maybe for Robert E. Lee, and as if Ron DeSantis isn't a full-blown fascist. Like, if we're starting from there, then the hill we have to climb, I I mean, you know, we're all just Sisyphus at this point. I thought you were referencing the the headline that described Donald Trump, you know, subject to several impending indictments. This is the new normal, like literally calling it the new normal. Like, how about the new fucking crazy instead of like normalizing the crazy? And it was that same. I had that same like, who writes these headlines? Like, you have just determined this is our new normal and we have to live under that. It's Dean Beckay. I'm convinced of it. Uh, But but Dahlia, that's I think that is one of the reasons the Republican besides potential blackmail who knows one of the reasons the republican party has stuck with him is because he learned sorry they learned his his lesson just keep pushing the envelope keep being outrageous keep pushing the envelope the more you do it the more you're going to get away with it and they shift that window shifts and next thing you know the thing that has always up until this point been utterly disqualifying and you know in the not too distant future it was having a bad character now it's almost compulsory in the Republican Party to be a criminal if you want to get in the club. And I think the problem on our side of the aisle is when there is, you know, a Democrat who has a decent idea or, you know, in the, you know, they have they have policies that are in the right place. There's always, you know, some sort of like um, tattletale goody two-shoes raising their hand going oh but technically this amendment and we have so much flipping infighting and for people who for a party that is supposed to be about access to justice and you know making the world more fair it turns to be turns out to be a lot of backstabbing you know jockeying for position and hierarchy in part because 
we have, I think a lot of people who care about fairness and justice and ideas want to be accurate, want to have the information right. But there's a, there's a place and time for that. You can tell someone off screen, offline, off the editorial pages, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Why don't you fix this or fix that? But instead, just because everyone's trying to say, cause, because everyone in you know, the, the uh, Fox world and everything is always yelling that everyone's a socialist or this is a terrible idea, people want to you know, be out there as, yeah, I, I get you. I, I, I want to meet you halfway. And I agree that, it, you know, and we should just, you know, it's like what Ronald Reagan said. What is the first, he said, the first rule in the Republican Party is don't attack other Republicans. We're never going to ever win and maintain our power if we're backstabbing each other in public, period. Yeah. And I, a couple of, first of all, I, I want to talk about the Senate briefly. Uh, first, I just want to say uh, Kirsten Sinema is a horrible human being. So that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, really. But I think it's worth pointing out. Um, she no longer caucuses what, with us. So it's okay that you say that. Wait, she doesn't caucus with the Democrats anymore? Isn't that right? Am no, I... she's not a Democrat anymore, but she caucuses like Angus King or oh, Sanders. Oh, so she's an independent caucus with us. I mean, okay. at least I guess you can still as say of this that. minute. Okay. Um, but you know, Mitt Romney's doing everything his, in his power. But whatever, she's just a terrible person. Um, and just the sort of the backbiting and the gossiping just reminded me of this this ridiculous this article about her ridiculous behavior. But more to the point, what's interesting, Dahlia, is that you know after the the election last year in November, I thought, okay, the Democrats have a year to start fixing the Democratic Party <laughs> before we start challenging the whoever the Republican uh, nominee is. Um, and the House seems to be hanging together better. And in the Senate, we see, well, two things. One, in the Senate, Dick Durbin not getting rid of the blue slip. I mean, that is like that is like a layup. And then I know he's not in the Senate anymore, but it speaks to the the completely in this point at this point, I believe, obscene collegiality in the Senate uh, when it's not just obscene, but inappropriate, ineffective and dangerous. Al Franken having Lindsey Graham on as his guest on The Daily Show. Just, you know, having a blast. Are you going to vote for Donald? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're going to vote. Okay, cool. That's great. I, I mean, the, these people keep getting a pass because, you know, it's not just Donald who needs to be exposed as if as if we don't have enough proof. We need to keep hammering on the fact that it's all of them that are trying to turn this country into a fascist autocracy. I mean, what else can you say at this point? So, so let me be the... <clears throat> unlikely voice of hope here because i think like you and daniel are always trying to wrong foot me here um, all right hope i, I feel Bring like it. we started this week when we talked on monday the three of us referencing donald trump summoning the mob yeah and the mob turns out to be like 50 reporters and one guy right <laughs> there's no mob nobody right nobody is and and, and i want to just point out, I, I completely stipulate that you are correct in describing the problem. This has been the problem since we've all been podcasting together. This is so much bigger than Donald Trump, right? And in some sense, it's much scarier when it's Trumpian toolbox in the hands of Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, Jim Jordan, right? Okay, mm -hmm. stipulate that this is so much bigger and that whole conversation we had at the beginning of the week about like, why don't they quit him? Like they could quit him and like solve so many of their own internal problems. Okay, that is clearly like some Talmudic exercise that I cannot answer. <laughs> but let me say this. I think I wanna go back to where we started the week, which is, it's not just Alvin Bragg. It's not just Fonnie Willis. It's mm -hmm. not just Jack Smith. It's not just Judge Lou Kaplan, who, by the way, just announced that the jury is going to have to be anonymous because Donald Trump threatens the levers of justice. Like, like a mob boss. Like a mob boss. So I just want to posit that for all those millions of times that we've said the walls are closing in, there's not just one wall. It's not just Mueller. It's not just impeachment. This is happening on six fronts. It will soon be, I believe, 12 fronts because there's going to be knock-on effects to mm -hmm. anything that happens. And what seems to be the case, and I think this is important, I mean, 
about blue strip slips, you're right. It's it's moronic to the and it goes to Jen's point about we're so in love with our norms and our civility and our like notion that we're the party of like, you know, norms and reasonableness, that norms that exist in order to be racist, like the filibuster and the blue slip, like continue to get a pass. Okay. I, I cannot answer for that. It's insane. But what I want to just maybe slightly gently redirect us toward is that what is changing is that I think there is going to be accountability. I think there mm -hmm. is going to be meaningful accountability at minimum about the Mar-a-Lago documents, at minimum about the Georgia election interference, and I'm hearing possibly Michigan election interference is coming. Mm -hmm. There's going to be consequences, I think, uh, in some way, shape, or form around uh, what was done with these documents uh, um, and Stormy Daniels. So let's sit like slightly in this new position of it's not just one thing. And maybe yeah. the last thing I'll say before I flip it back to you is if we were smart, we would say in the manner of like stand up, uh, not stand up, improv comedians, yes slash and. Bring yeah. it all. Yeah. Aside, you know, indicts all boats. Why we are doing the thing where we're like whining about like, but why Alvin Bragg and why not Philly Willis and why are we not yeah. Jeff? Like that's the thing we do to ourselves that Jen is just <clears throat> and it, and I picked yeah. that up because you were doing talking a bit about that Monday and it's also like this is not the writer's room, like this is not like we sit around. But I understand why people say this stuff, um, you know, because. It is the it is the gut punches. It is it is Lucy pulling away the football. I know we're not supposed to be talking about sports. Um, no, that me, that's like the perfect image for all of this, actually. And, and you know, for me, what's what's depressing about this is, you know, I kind of know how this ends. You know, like you, there's that great um, is it Maggie Smith that great that mm -hmm. great poem? Yeah. Um, about how you have to like kind of lie to kids because the world's a miserable place but maybe that you could make this place beautiful like mm -hmm. you know i kind of know how this ends because you know white collar criminals even when they have a comeuppance always rehabilitate themselves yeah. i've seen this before and mm -hmm. you know it's so it's it, it's all and it's all what we haven't seen to me i think what's really hard um although i can I have a good memory of the past other than apparently ted lasso um, but I have a good memory for uh, criminal behavior and lack of accountability with this with Donald. Uh, what I don't have the ability to see at this moment is what things look like, um, you know, a year from now. A year, you know, in other yeah. words, I don't have that, and I think well, it's going to take a very long time for all of this to play out. No, even right, if you, but I'm talking isn't... about the election, the big picture. Oh, like, well, all, like I'm talking right. about like what we really keeping our eye on the prize. And what we really care about is is the fact that we have a democracy, an electoral system that is totally infected with this, with with what has with the big lie. And hey, Kurt, and hey. I'm con I'm concerned about you know I, I know that these cases will take a long time, but what about our democracy? We Wait. don't have a lot of time. Can I just say something really quick? Because I know Dolly sure. has to leave. And Dolly, if you have to leave while I'm in the middle of talking, I totally get it. That's fine. I'm just so happy you were here. But I'm just wondering that I had a conversation with somebody the other day uh, about Donald and accountability. And I said, one of, one of the problems, and that to sp speak to your point, Dahlia, of why it's hard to have hope and why we, we sort of complain about the wrong things is because we get demoralized by the inaction. We get demoralized by the missteps. And then it's like... Ugh. It's just frustration boiling over. But I think one way to look at it is he's not in prison. He probably will never be in prison. But by having to deal with all of these cases and be deposed and go to trial and testify, he is in the process of being held accountable because guess what I didn't have to do this month? I didn't have to pay lawyers billions of dollars to defend me against the, you know, things I'm guilty for. I didn't have to answer to a judge. I didn't have to be deposed. I didn't have to lie to people in order to change the subject away from the fact that I'm about to be indicted on criminal felony charges. So, yeah, it's not enough, but it's not nothing either. So I'm with you. Like, like keep our eye on the ball here and recognize that in an imperfect system, a lot is happening and we just need to hold tight. Otherwise, we're just completely undermining 
ourselves and we're helping the media do its bad job and we're helping the Republicans pretend that this is all just fine. Right. So anyway, uh, thank you for being, I know you have to go. So, uh, I'm very excited that you came and spent some time and gave us hope. I I'm going to stick around for four minutes to hear Kurt say oh, three, okay, cool. smart, three smart things in the span. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, at only three. I mean, come Ooh. on five minutes. Kurt, I was just at the, at the beginning, I just said that, you know, not only have you been doing these great unpaid hits on MSNBC all week, <laughs> but you had a really good piece uh, in the LA times about the, the fallacy of the Republican desire for an off-ramp. So, uh, you know, we've just been talking about how the, the media has been missing the boat all week and that we've been sort of, once again, held in thrall to this uh, manipulative toddler whose only goal is to change the subject and, uh, you know, his own self-preservation. So how, how did you see this all playing out this week? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think that Anytime that the media narrative is centered on anything regarding Donald Trump, that's a loser for the Republican Party. Uh, I, you know, I, and I think back to when Glenn Youngkin ran for governor of Virginia and how painstakingly <laughs> obvious it was that the last words that Glenn Youngkin wanted to utter out of his mouth were Donald Trump. Uh, he ran a very, to his point, successful campaign to mm -hmm. avoid Donald Trump, and by and large, it worked. He, he became the yeah. governor of Virginia, a state that Joe Biden carried by, by uh, you know, 10 plus points. And after that election, every Republican, every strategist was saying, well, there's the blueprint right there. That's, that's what we need to do to win again. And of course, rather than actually follow that blueprint, they nominated people like Mehmet Oz, like Carrie Lake, like <laughs> Herschel Walker. Uh, they doubled down on January 6th. And what happened in November? They lost all those races. Uh, any race in which Donald Trump was really the the hidden um, you know man behind the curtain that was really what the race was about. Republicans lost those races. So what yeah. happened after the November midterms election in which Republicans red wave never materialized? Uh, they all said, "Wow, that didn't work well for us. We need to get away from that. We need to move on from Donald Trump." What did they do as soon as they come back after the new year? They elevate Marjorie Taylor Greene. They, uh, you know, elevate the crazy Jim Bankses of the world and the Matt Gateses of the world and the people that held Kevin McCarthy hostage so he can become speaker in name only. They made them more powerful and more visible. Uh, and and so here we are now. And, and it's kind of ironic that all of this Donald Trump news came as the Republicans were gathering for their annual retreat where they're yeah. supposed to game out their legislative agenda, where they're going to talk about how they're going to, you know, grow their majority and take back the Senate in 2024. And what did they end up spending their entire time talking about? Donald Trump. So I'm kind of in the mindset right now that the more the media wants to talk about Donald Trump, that's less that we're hearing about the Republican agenda. That's less that we're hearing about the Republican gaslighting and dishonesty. Uh, they are doing the job for us as Democrats right now. Joe Biden is going to get reelected and he's never going to even have to leave the White House at this point because the Republican Party has somehow put themselves in a position where they have they have to defend criminal activity. And while that might score you points with the super red areas of this country that would never vote for a Democrat under any scenario, they lose with every swing voter, every independent voter, every type of voter that might, might like a Liz Cheney, for instance, or an Adam Kingsley, they'll never get them back when they're having to defend criminals. Uh, you I know, hope you're it, right. That's what that worries three? me. Oh, sorry. I think sorry, we're three. Sorry. <laughs> we're at least three. Well, and, when you, and, and the final exclamation point on that for Dahlia is <laughs> when you are a party that's going to have to defend not just Donald Trump, but, but George Santos Yep. And uh, you know Jim Comer and Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and any other bad actor. I mean, really, the Republican Party at this point is a criminal enterprise. It is organized crime. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't be the party of law and order on one hand, and then go after people who enforce the law and file charges against criminals with the other. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Absolutely. But, and uh, uh, thank Dahlia, you, Dahlia. You are amazing. Thank you for <laughs> thank calling you, thank on you, thank her you. to do three smart things. <laughs> we should. That should be like a new segment. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. But I I, you guys art. could totally handle it. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, and I think, Kurt, what 
what was troubling this week, and I agree with everything you just said, um, it's knowing that once again, we are going to be fighting an uphill battle against the media. (laughs) And uh, just the the fact that they've learned nothing, that they are so easily manipulated by this guy who, I mean, think we said this earlier, they had one source for the fact that Donald was going to be indicted this week. And it was Donald. (laughs) And he was wrong. Well, he was was lying. Making stuff up. He was lying. Um, (laughs) You know, and Jen, I, I think I cut you off earlier. So if you, you sorry, I, but we That's needed right. the, I, the third smart I know. thing. I, I, what makes so me worry, Kurt? So like you cheered me up, but then there's that voice in my head uh, that's saying, yeah, but the way the cognitive, it can go one of two ways. One way is the way you describe, which I want it to, where people say, this is a bridge too far. I'm not, I don't, I don't want criminals. Uh, I don't want a party full of criminals. The other thing though, is that to resolve the cognitive dissonance of, but they like believe in the stuff I like. It's really easy for people to distinguish between, you know, white collar crime and other types of crime. And, and, right. and, and this is where, I fear it's that he will be able to manipulate others and gain support by saying things like they did during the Mueller report. Well, you know, obstruction really isn't a crime unless there's an underlying crime charge, which is not true. I mean, you can be found guilty of obstruction of justice if you destroy documents in civil litigation. I could go on and on, but my fear is he's going to say, look, he's already doing all these business record things. It's not even a misdemeanor, but if it were a big deal. And I'll tell you, Jen, that's why I think the uh, the Stormy Daniels thing is so interesting because of all the cases that Donald's going to have to defend, this is the one that is the easiest and most digestible for the average person to actually understand. Sure, like th- this requires no explanation about tax policy or you know complicated financial matters. This is a guy paid off a porn star with hush money. Uh, True. That, and even though this might be the weakest of the three cases that that trump will have to defend himself against it's the one that i do think everybody in this country can at least wrap their arms around and his name is on the checks right yes but also i i think what we need to make really clear or what you know democrats talking about this need to make really clear is yes everything you said happened kurt but it was in the service of defrauding the american people before they cast their vote in November 2016. It wasn't just uh, tax fraud. Uh, it was also election fraud because <clears throat> right. vital information was withheld from voters via an illegal act. Is that and accurate, Jen? Is that a fair yeah, Well, statement? I guess, there, yeah, I mean, I guess there's two different things. There's what he gets charged with in, in under New York law. And then there's the other reality that this was a federal crime for which he won't be charged because neither Bill Barr nor Merrick Garland wanted to bring that case. Kurt makes a really good point because I've noticed this in conversations with people that the fact that this involves something scandalous like extramarital sex with a you know beautiful woman um, who also on the side makes adult films makes it something accessible to people. They'll talk about it and then they'll actually say, but you know, wait a second. He, he used his business to pay that back and he got a tax deduction for it. Right. I think that for the for those small businesses out there where maybe they're you know doing a little bit too much business with cash and not paying taxes or this or that, not many of them are you know are using their businesses to pay back a lawyer for paying off a porn star. so you you're, you're right, Kurt. I don't think there's going to be a lot like that could be me. Right. And I mean, Dahlia made this point on uh, Tuesday, I believe, which is it's very difficult to transform this case into an attack on your version of America. You know, this is this is not something people are going to be going into the streets to protest because it's so tawdry and slimy and it has absolutely nothing to do with the future of this country. Um, Besides the fact, of course, that a lot of people who did go to January 6th, even if they were uh, motivated to protest, a lot of them are in prison. And even those who aren't are feeling burned because the guy who told them to put themselves in that position 
is running for president again. So I'm not, I don't know how many crowds he's going to be getting. Um, so to your other point, Kurt, about uh, the more the Republicans are talking about Donald, the better. I think that's true. But what worries me is that the longer, and I think we've seen this shift over the last six years, uh, the longer things go without challenge, the the frame changes. Uh, so in other words, you know, we said earlier, a couple of decades ago, having a bad character was would doom your political future, right? Right. And now uh, it's sort of the normalization of criminality that the media aren't pushing back against. I mean, we, Of course, the Republicans aren't going to. But when the media talks about uh, Donald campaigning or DeSantis campaigning as if they're just two normal Republicans and not criminals on the one hand and fascists on the other, I think that makes it harder for people to tease out what's really going on and what they really potentially could be voting for. Well, and this is where the Republicans, again, are kind of doing us a solid because tomorrow, uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to lead a cohort of uh, uh, oversight Republicans to go visit defendants and insurrectionists in the D.C. jail. No. Yes. Oh, man. And so it's like, man, talk about a very I, clear really? God. Yeah. Wow. They, they bring cameras because and we're be paying really... for it. Yeah. Wow. So it, it's one of it's like I guess if you want to change the conversation away from Donald Trump specifically, this is an interesting <laughs> way to go about doing that. Um, but again, this is something where the overwhelming majority of Americans believe that January 6th was a bad thing, uh, that it was not a peaceful tourist visit or business as usual. Um, you know, this is one of the few places where there really is more, you know, unanimity across party lines about what happened that day, despite what you hear from the crazies like Marjorie Taylor Greene. For them to use their platform to elevate domestic terrorists who are in jail and to try to recast them as political prisoners that are being treated unjustly, that's just not going to play very well, in my opinion. And, that, and, and again, there's no nuance here. Um, there, you know, this is not complicated. And so just as there's all this noise around Donald Trump right now, here comes Marjorie Taylor Greene to the rescue to make the contrast even more stark for any American who's tuning in. Bless her heart, as they say <laughs> in the South, um, which, by the way, guys, for those of you who aren't from the South, doesn't mean what it you would think it means. Uh <laughs> In well, the as far as I know, I don't know. I'm from in the, the Midwest. We they say, which I can't stand. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah. That's that's. I think that's what they call a backhanded compliment. Um, oh my goodness gracious! But there has been this. Um, what one thing that I think we also need to try to figure out because. Everybody, every nerd has been talking about some version of this for a very long time. We need to stop thinking that nuanced arguments are going to get us anywhere. You know, Kurt, you just used the word blunt to the point. Right? <laughs> Put, I had a conversation with Tara Setmeyer a while back and she's like, just put on your fucking brass knuckles. I don't know if she swore, but she swears. So I, I think that's a reasonable assumption to make. Put on your breast knuckles, guys. I mean, there, there's nothing. There's everything to lose. Everything is at stake. And we're speaking metaphorically, of course. Um, but it gets a little weird when, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this poll out of Florida. Um you know, the percentage of people who would vote for Donald, the percentage of people who would vote for DeSantis was very high. And yet the same numbers flipped when you talked about gun control and climate change mm -hmm. and, and women's right to choose. It's just there's that disconnect in it. Like the question that's always top of my mind is, what do you think you're voting for? You want yeah. gun safety. You want Roe back you want you know you want the Dobbs decision undone you don't agree with what the Supreme Court is doing you 
and on and on and on. Like it is true when we are told that America is a left leaning country. And yet in a state where everybody's checking off those boxes, they're still voting for DeSantis. They're still voting for, for Donald and Kurt, that's kind of where I, I'm, I feel like, how do you, there's this, um, point of contradiction that that kind of jams us up and i'm not yeah. really sure how to break through that yeah i mean there's an irony that the state that's going to suffer perhaps the most catastrophic consequences of climate change totally. is the one that continually elects people who deny that there's a problem in the first place yeah. that will ultimately resolve itself i suppose one way or the other mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean this is the problem with with our politics, I guess, is that people constantly vote against their own self-interest. The idea yeah. that the party that is for protecting billionaires, uh, the party that is for uh, you know treating corporations like individuals, is somehow also the party that's you know there for the real American everyman. Uh, it, you know, is a complete fallacy. Uh, the policies that the Republican Party champion uh, hurts the MAGA faithful the most. Uh, yeah. You know, ironically enough. Um, yeah, I just it, sorry. Go. Mm -hmm. Well, just, go. <laughs> it reminds me of the this whole dust up around this um, right wing uh, pundit uh, Bethany Mandel, um, who was incapable of defining woke. Um, but what was interesting <laughs> no, about but, her? But the reason yeah. that's funny is because she wrote a whole book about it. But so. it, it was so. And the, but the, what's interesting <sighs> is you know folks have gone back and looked at her twitters and in you know bring brought things back and something a few years ago she said you know i'm proof that anyone can make it in america i started out with nothing but food stamps me uh, medicare and it was all these social security programs. right and i made it and it's like okay but that's the point right i mean there's a there's a there's the point. and i think um it would be interesting to you know, she's someone who I would find interesting having a conversation with. I could call it a debate where we could just say, like, you know, what are you even talking about here? Yeah. Like, and what yeah. you're just what you and I think that that, you know, maybe she's someone who's just made a living off saying these words that she doesn't really mean or understand, even though she doesn't seem that unintelligent. Um, So there's no hope there. But I just feel like like that disconnect that you're talking about, um, Mary, in in Florida between what people say they want and who they vote for. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how we, how we get to that place um, without, uh, without making people really clear that the candidates they, that are running support what they want. Although in Florida, who was it that again ran against DeSantis? Rick Scott. It was Scott. And so, you know, maybe he just wasn't a candidate people liked. Nope. Wait, he is not. Rick, wait, wait, Ran against not Rick Scott. Went. I'm sorry. It was the other guy. Oh. Val Demings he, what, ran it, against Rubio, who ran no. against DeSantis. Charlie Chris. Charlie Chris. Charlie Chris. You're thinking Charlie of the, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because Chris had been governor. Right. And right. So, and, you know, he wasn't, and, and, you know, I thought Val Demings was, was great. I think the trouble is Rubio is, is just really popular. Well, for and, a number of reasons. and there wasn't enough money invested in that race, in my opinion. But, you know, Kurt, before you got here, um, I was talking oh wait before i get there i just want to finish this up part of what we need to do is say there there may be things people that are more important to people than gun safety and climate change and women's rights they it may be more important to them that you can't say gay that you ban books and that you make drag shows illegal like that may trump if you'll forgive my use of the word everything else and unless and until we find that out i don't know that we can come up with with an effective uh strategy um so uh and and we're also we also have to concede that we're we are fighting this fight in the in a framework that has been built over decades which is republicans are better at national security uh, right. law enforcement, you know, all those things that are used to scare the shit out of people around election time. You know, that's why Yunkin won because he scared a bunch of 
white suburbanites about, you know, CRT <laughs> destroying yeah. our children or whatever. Uh, so, yes, it again, it's an uphill battle. But uh, anyway, so, Kurt, before you came on, we I, I posited this question. Um, we can't ignore Donald, unfortunately. I think everybody here wishes we could. Uh, that's an, the understatement of the millennium. <laughs> um, but we can't. Because he, the Republican Party continues to follow him and make him an incredibly powerful figure in American yeah. politics. Um, however, it feels like this week would have been a really good time to ignore him. So how do we thread that needle? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> when you give him attention at the wrong time strategically, he takes advantage of it. He changes the narrative. He raises a bunch of money. And uh, he demoralizes the rest of us uh, because he somehow tricks a lot of people into thinking what he says is, one, valid, and two, important. Yeah, I mean, again, this is the problem, I think. One, the media ecosystem, which is bleeding viewership year over year, uh, is so desperate, I think, to retain their the audience that they have left that they you know donald trump's their catnip uh you know when, when trump is the center of attention their ratings go up they make more money it's it's uh unfortunately a very basic business equation for them uh, i think that the republicans in congress play right into that hands too because they see what's going on the chairman of the you know the congressional committee start launching investigations in the manhattan da uh everyone covers that and you know that, that that's another thread uh, that's just one step removed from Donald Trump. Um, you know, all the while, the idea that somehow Democrats and the president are going to be able to get the media to now pay attention to, hey, it was Conservation Land Week. Uh, the president just designated half a million acres of, of new wilderness. to protect. They're not going to give a crap about that, unfortunately. That's just the reality of the world, um, which is why you know, I kind of go back to you know, what you and Tara talked about. It's like, well, then, then Democrats need to put their big boy pants on and just start beating the shit out of people, uh, metaphorically speaking, metaphorically not literally speaking. people, uh, but the, you know, they need to not, you know, tiptoe around the issues and the Republicans. They need to just use a rhetorical bludgeon and constantly knock them out with it. Um, you know, I, I, I still think to this day, all these years later, that's something Democrats struggle with is how to even talk about, uh, the Republican Party right now and and Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and all of their ilk. Um, you, you know, I often get chastised by the powers that be because my rhetoric is is sometimes too strong or my responses are uh, out of character with the president's tone. Uh, and to me, it's like, again, I've said this so many times, I love the sentiment behind, you know, when they go low, we go high. But you need to understand when, when we go high, they kick us in the balls. So maybe we got to stop doing it that way, folks. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I, I'm, I don't know what Michelle Obama went, went, meant, whatever. It rhymes. Um, <laughs> but when she said that, it didn't bother me because I interpreted it a particular way. Everybody else interpreted it differently and gave her a lot of shit. Jen, I, in my view, what what that meant was when they go low, we we don't cheat, lie, and steal. But if we have to get into the mud and metaphorically beat the shit out of them because they're <laughs> trying to destroy democracy, then that to me, that's going high. We're not cheating. We're not lying. We're not stealing. But we are fighting the good fight. We have... Right, we are... We are angry in a way that is righteous right we are fighting for the right things for everybody you know it's like they want to kill us we want to give them health care <laughs> so you know yeah. as a student of uh, english literature back in the day when back we in... talked about the so-called death of the author it doesn't really matter <laughs> what the author intended mary um it's how you're gonna go there aren't you i'm gonna go there and so it tend, that phrase, when they go low, we go high, has tended to be used to get people to slow their roll and not be tough and just like turn the other cheek. And I know I've heard, I've recently heard from a certain actor who knows these things that turn the other cheek wasn't meant to say be mild and mean something different. But anyway, once again, 
once again, the idea is I do think it makes people sit back instead of sit up and stand up and um, and use their voice and say enough, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's used, unfortunately, to silence people and pray for the best as opposed to whatever she originally meant by it is my concern. So basically the message I, I'm getting from, from our show today is that uh, the nerds need to take take over. We just, we need to be running yes. the show. Um, so Dahlia Lithwick, Kurt Bardella, Gentop, thank you guys so, so much for being here. Um, you helped me in so many ways. You have no idea. Um, this was amazing. So let's hope that people are listening and um, we're going to, we're going to take things back and we're going to right the wrongs and uh, get justice for everybody. An easy task. Thanks guys so much. I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. I know we, we had a little uh, different format tonight, but I think what happened this week was really important. It, it kind of jolted me into an awareness that we have not made the progress we need. The media has not learned. It's not evolving. It is not fit to deal with this situation that is apparently unique to them. Um, so I really did want to get, I wanted to get the nerds in to talk about um, what we covered tonight, partially to, um, I don't know, get me, get us on a more even keel, but also to help us reset expectations and um, focus on what's really crucial which is not the circus that has been surrounding the will he be indicted? Won't he be indicted? Is this important? Is this not important enough? No, we just, we need to stay focused on what matters. So thank you again, Dahlia, Jen, Kurt, uh, always love talking to them and to all of you for uh, joining us tonight. Um, we will be back of course uh, tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Pacific for House of Horrors, and uh, Tuesday, 12, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific for um, the nerds, and then next Thursday, we'll be back for our, our regular interview show, uh, nine, sorry, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. All of those you can check out at youtube.com slash Politicon. Um, while you're there, if you haven't watched the show live, or even if you have, uh, you can subscribe, uh, and that way you'll you'll get notified every every time a new uh, video drops. And um, you can like the episode. You can leave a comment on the episode if you're watching a recording of it, and you can watch all. Sorry, listen to all of the shows in podcast form on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Five star reviews are much much appreciated they really do help us grow the show and i think it's safe to say you know if you're listening consistently the nerds deliver the guests deliver and you know all of these people need to be heard we are in for some pretty rocky times and um you know you want the most informed uh people giving you information, plus they also happen to be amazing human beings, uh, which makes it all worthwhile in my book. Also wanted to announce again that we're going on the road. Yes, the Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Adventures will be live on stage. Um, we're going to be, I'm totally going to forget the dates, um, but <laughs> we're going to be uh, in Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, and New York City. For all of the information you need, go to politicon.com slash tour. And if you use the code NERDS, N-E-R-D-S, you can get tickets that are on pre-sale right now. You know, instead of listening to the nonsense that is being shoveled at us this week in the media about the, the non-event in New York City, 
and the protests that never happened and all the rest of it, go to politicon.com slash tour, use the promo code nerds, and you can get uh, tickets, which are on pre-sale right now. So you will have your choice of the best seats. And again, it's Chicago. I don't want to get the dates wrong. I, yeah, nobody's helping me out here. <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, you know what? I don't want to guess. Just go to politicon.com slash tour. The whole calendar will be there. May 7th, Chicago. May 9th, we will be somewhere on the West Coast. <laughs> we'll be in Portland, Oregon. May 10th, we'll be in San Francisco. And May 16th, we will be in my hometown, New York City. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I hope as many of you who can be there will be there. It's going to be a blast. And we have a lot in store for you. You're going to love it. I promise. Um, and that is it for tonight. Thank you so much again to my guests. And thank you so much to all of you for supporting us. We appreciate it more than we can say. Uh, we will see you tomorrow at noon for House of Horrors. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind. Mm -hmm.